People of Syracuse, Brad Klein is back. But that is not the biggest news we have on Locked On Syracuse today. We've got a guest. It's Jake Pavorsky from the basketball tournament. He's here to talk everything Bayheim's Army and everything TBT. So strap in. It's going to be a good one here on Locked On Syracuse. And it starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte and Brad Klein with you here on Lockdown Syracuse. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We have a guest today, Brad. That is Jake Pavorsky, and there he is from the basketball tournament. Jake, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Of course. Uh, and of course, Brad and I are, are very excited this time of year because we kind of get to talk about Syracuse basketball with Bayheim's Army. Uh, we get to relive our glory days and, and the glory days of Syracuse fans by uh, looking at those alumni and getting to watch him play in orange once again. Syracuse, of course, or Bayheim's Army, I should say, coming off a TBT tournament victory last season with the likes of Kiefer Sykes and Tyrese Rice kind of leading the way. This time around, some more non-SU guys uh, at the brunt of things, I'd say. What are your impressions of the roster? Yeah, I thought Kevin and Sean Belby did a great job of, of retooling a team. You know, it's funny when a team wins a championship, you don't usually see a couple pieces kind of go in separate directions. But sort of what happened here with, with Tyrese Rice choosing to go with another team, but also, you know, Tyler Lydon retiring, Chris McCullough, unfortunately, you know, tearing his ACL overseas. Had to do a little retooling with the roster, and I thought, you know, the team got younger, but also brought in some fresh blood that I think can still help them compete at a really high level. You know, Rakeem Christmas, Tyler Ennis, two guys really excited to see make their TBT debuts, as well as Merrick Dolajai, who I think can be a really good glue guy in this kind of event. You know, plus some other guys, you know, with some TBT experience, uh, D. Boast, Kyle Wilcher, both played in TBT in the past, obviously some high level European guys, and I'd be remiss without, you know, talking about DJ Kennedy and DeAndre Kane, you know, two legendary TBT guys going for, I think they're sixth and fourth TBT, sixth and fifth, excuse me, TBT titles, uh, respectively there. Um, obviously, anytime you can bring those guys back, DJ is maybe the greatest TBT player of all time. You know, you got a shot at winning it. So really like what they did this year. Now, Jake, would you call Bayheim's Army the favorite here? Because obviously some really key pieces returning, but you mentioned the newcomers, Marek and Rakeem and Tyler, and, and those are key guys that are going to contribute, I think, at a high level. Yeah, I, I think anytime you win TBT, you kind of get over the finish line. You have to be the favorites coming back, right? I think, you know, a couple other teams look for the Golden Eagles, that Marquette team that won it in 2020 during our bubble year is really good. Jimmer Fredette's the money team that he's heading up this year. Got some NBA talent, you know, really quality field we have this year. 73, I think, NBA guys now, uh, the most ever in our field. So it's it's going to be a tough run. That Syracuse Regional is not easy, but obviously when you have, you know, potentially three games at home, that always gives you a leg up. And then, you know, some experience playing in those championship rounds in Dayton last year as well, where we'll be back again this summer. Uh, you know, I think they have to be the favorite, you know, going into it. Yeah, uh, and we kind of talk about those newcomers Syracuse has had. 
or is, is going to have this season. Who Bayheim are you most excited for? I'm going to be the guy who catches bones when he yeah, calls. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to call it Syracuse a thousand times. <laughs> you can catch me every single time, Brad. But who, which newcomer are you most excited for in Bayheim's army? Uh, I think it's got to be Tyler Ennis. Uh, I, I think this is the guy that they've been after for a long time. Obviously, had the unfortunate Achilles injury overseas, I think about 18 months ago, that kind of hampered his ability to try and play in TBT in the past. But I think it's just kind of what they needed at the guard spot. You know, so who can score the ball when needed, but are really good for, you know, kind of a true, tough, you know, nail-down point guard uh, that I think is, is really going to give them an extra element. And also just, you know, some more Syracuse guys, a familiar face that fans love and I'm sure have been clamoring to see on this team, you know, for a couple years now, finally get the opportunity to, to jump on board. I think he's going to be not only a difference maker uh, because he's, a, you know, a talented player, but, you know, putting him in this environment, I think his game is, is built for it. Now, Jake, help me out here because I know we were talking about it before we hit record on this podcast. Um, my favorite Bayheim's Army game is the Team Foe win in Brooklyn. I think it was 2017. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. 2017. And Eric Devendorf was the heartbeat of that team and the heartbeat of that 27 point comeback with 13 minutes left. He's no longer on the roster. And I think a lot of Syracuse fans, meant to say Syracuse, are disappointed to see that. But not surprised, how much will Eric Evendorf be missed outside of the realm of Syracuse? Well, he's still going to be actively involved with the team this year. He's still going to be with them as an assistant, as an advisor. So his presence is still going to be felt around that team. And I think last year, the way his presence was most felt anyway was kind of as a veteran leader, kind of on the bench. Obviously didn't play as much uh, last year as he has in previous years. So I think, you know, the team had kind of been – you know, he, there are very few guys who are non-active professional players who are playing in TBT. Eric Devendorf was one of like two or three that were still left. And still, you know, even a year or two ago, playing at a high level. But I think they knew it couldn't last forever. And, and now, just given the kind of group that they have, especially a younger group, it was the right time to shift him over to the bench. But I think anytime Eric Devendorf is involved with a team, his presence is felt, you know, regardless. So I, I don't think that will be an issue too much this year. There was a fight at the end of that comeback, and Eric Devendorf was the reason why, and I was all in on it too. There have been many Eric D. I think most of our TBT fight stories are Eric Devendorf related. Uh, <laughs> in the first year of it, in 2015, when him and Stephen Smith almost got in a fight from LaSalle and they were playing at Philly U, I think that was our first real TBT kind of fight moment. But he's involved. I mean, I could name three or four other Eric Devendorf TBT fight stories. Uh, but he's, he's great. Just a, a great guy on the court, off the court even better. And, uh, you know, a great ambassador for the event. We've been fortunate to have him compete and be around TPT as long as we have and, you know, hope to continue to have him going on for a long time here. And, Jake, let me take a step aside to thank our sponsor, BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Um. <clears throat> Here with uh, Matt Bonaparte, Brad Klein, and Jake Pavorsky of the basketball tournament. Uh, Jake, back this season with the uh, more traditional, I'd say, uh, regions for the basketball tournament. Left year, last year was kind of a left turn in that 
respect, but this season or this summer, I'd say, uh, we're going to get to see some of those familiar faces for the second time ever. Syracuse getting to host some of these games. How exciting is that going to be? Yeah, it's great to be back in Syracuse. Obviously, you know, coming off of 2019, I think in a normal world where you're not living through a pandemic, we probably would have been in Syracuse the past couple summers. Um, but not how things played out, but obviously we had a great turnout in 2019. You know, Bayham's Army had a great run through that regional, and uh, it's a perfect fit for us, especially as a defending champion. You know, you always want to give your defending champ the opportunity to at least, you know, try and play at home. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have great partners in Syracuse at SRC Arena. You know, the Bayheim family has been very supportive of, of what we've been trying to do as well as what Bayheim Army has been trying to do. So we're, we're excited to be back, you know, to play in Syracuse again and to, you know, hopefully sell that place out like we did in 2019. Jake, we're biased because obviously the whole lockdown Syracuse thing and Bayheim's Army. So not only am I biased to Bayheim's Army, but I think I'm also biased to the alumni teams as a college basketball fan, seeing guys like, oh, yeah, I remember him. I watched him in the round of 32 when he upset so-and-so. That nostalgia element is awesome to me, and that's one of the many reasons I love the event. So how do you balance the alumni teams versus the other squads, those ragtag squads that piece together some really competitive teams too? But is there a cap? Is there a number that you want to keep the alumni teams to? Not necessarily. I mean, it's an open application event for a reason. Uh, I, I think people always mis- misconstrued or started to mis- misconstrue it as an alumni event, which granted we love our alumni teams, but we've never even had half of our field be alumni. You know, we have 29 alumni teams this year. It's the most in our history, but uh, we love the balance that we have. You know, we love the aspect of having those alumni teams, bringing back a Syracuse, bringing back a, we have a Wofford team this year with Fletcher McGee, you know, some Cinderella teams like that are, are always cool additions. North Texas team, you know, the one that upset Purdue a couple years ago in the tournament, you know, having those mixed in with some other teams that, you know, play in our event um, that have been playing for a long time or some ones that are playing for causes, sideline cancer, to beat diabetes is a brand new one as well. Uh, you know, representing cool brands like Friday Beers, which has become a popular you know, Instagram brand that is uh, entering a team in Syracuse or, you know, Floyd Mayweather with the money team. You know, we go on and on, but we love having that balance in different teams that you can look at and that are attractive. Um, but, you know, alumni is just one component of it. I think it will always be a component of it. It's possible it continues to grow, but uh, we love the balance that we have right now and, and we hope to maintain it. I know I just asked you a question about regions, but I'm going to ask you another question about regions here. Brad and I cannot get through this podcast, and I'm actually astounded I made it this far without asking you about Rucker Park. I mean, I want to know a lot of things about this. First, whose idea was it so I can thank them? Second, it was yours. how is yeah. this going to happen? <laughs> and third, like, what? Explain. I need an explanation. This is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it started, I had a conversation with our, our founder, our CEO, John Mugar, back in September, who is the, the you know, the brains behind all this operation, but, um, you know, the one behind our bubble who really, you know, pushed us through it, who helped guide that plan to make that happen. Everything that has happened in TBT has all been, you know, John's brains and, you know, his his intuition, you know, and also to really push things through. And this was, again, one of his ideas where he, he, he you know, talked to our staff in September and said, Hey, you want to give it a shot? And obviously it was met with a lot of, uh, I guess, a little bit of concern and some eyebrow raising. But, uh, you know, the more you talked about it and the more you thought about it, it just makes sense. You know, everything we do in TBT is different. We haven't gotten here because we have stayed on the same path that, you know, the NBA or college basketball or other traditional leagues have you got, you know, tried, you know, and even other sports startups in general. You know, you have to stand out in this, in this world, in this environment. And uh, Rucker Park is just another way to do it. Not to mention, 
you know, the field of dreams and the way MLB has done that and kind of brought that into their world. I, I got to think that the NBA is also looking at trying to do some outdoor stuff. And, you know, again, we just kind of want to prove that these things can be pulled off. They can be done at a very high level and they can be super entertaining. And uh, it's been a, a labor of love here for the past, you know, eight months or so between ourselves, uh, the NBPA. Uh, we've been happy to have them as a partner, as well as the, uh, the, the Parks Commission in New York City. You know, a lot of different pieces and a lot of different groups that have helped bring this together. And uh, we're excited to be playing games there July 16th through the 20th uh, on national television. Speaking of Rucker Park, and that's going to be special regardless of, of who's playing, but you have a team boosted by a, an NBA uh, legend at this point just because of what he's done recently. That's Marcus Smart, and he's boosting Team YGC, the number one overall seed uh, in the Rucker Park region. What does that do for TBT, knowing that you have an NBA player? And it's not just Marcus Smart. You mentioned Floyd Mayweather has his fingerprints in on the tournament, too. What does it do for the scope of TBT, knowing that there are some guys who a lot of people know and a lot of people follow and care about that are in on TBT? For sure. It, it's definitely validation for us in what we're doing. You know, I think it, it just says a lot about the product. You know, it, it's real. The focus with TBT is always on the basketball itself and, and heightening and elevating the basketball, making sure that the product we're putting on television is good as possible. And I think a lot of NBA players and people in general who are basketball fans can really relate to that and have come to enjoy it. And, you know, and Marcus is one on you know a list of guys you know who have been involved in TBT in the past. Chris Paul has, has been a big supporter of what we've been doing for the past several years. DeMarcus Cousins, you know, even the Morris twins, Marquise and Marcus, who are heading up the, the FOE team, you know, in our early years. We've had a lot of NBA guys involved and even guys just, you know, tuning in and tweeting at us during the, the course of the tournament. You know, we always appreciate their support. Obviously can't get as far, uh, you know, as we are today without them. But it's definitely a testament to what we've done and what we've built here that a lot of guys who are who have reached the highest, you know, the, the mountaintop, you know, in the professional basketball world you know, see value in being involved with this, and you know, enjoy being around it. And this tournament is getting pretty darn big. Uh, ESPN obviously picked it up a couple of years ago uh, and it's become a, a pretty big event. Uh, and how it just makes me think like how much bigger can it get? What does the basketball tournament have its eyes on? How do you guys want to grow in the future? Yeah, it, it's a good question. Uh, I, I think well, we want to start by getting through Rucker because that's kind of the next big thing on the, on the plate here and making sure that, that that's a good event. But, you know, I, I think we can really make this a special event um, in a lot of different ways. You know, for this this year, for the first time, we have an NBA draft eligible team that overtime is entering with their overtime elite guys, which is their new kind of uh, alternative pro, uh, pro pathway. And we have two guys on that team, Ozer and Eamon Thompson, twin brothers, who are, if you look at mock drafts for next year, top three, top five, you know, really special talents. We have those guys playing in TBT this year uh, against the Creighton alumni team out in Omaha on ESPN2 on July 16th. We're going to have two, two to end top five draft picks play in TBT. That's never happened before. And uh, incredibly special for us as we, again, another kind of notch in the belt for, you know, what we do. So I, I think there's probably, you know, in, in talking to John, I'm sure he'll have some more crazy ideas for places we can put it and ways we can do it and, and ways we can build upon it. But even the product itself and the, the talent we're attracting, you know, we're just we're reaching new peaks there as well and, and bringing in that those kinds of players. And I'm hoping we'll have more opportunities to do stuff like that. You know, college basketball and amateurism is shifting in, in so many different ways now that uh, I think it opens the door for us to continue to you know have involvement with players like that and uh, 
see where the future takes us. But we're well positioned to, you know, be a platform for a lot of these guys. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for what the future holds, you know, for TBT in this evolving landscape. Jake, I don't think you thought you were going to get out of here without answering a few questions about the Elam ending, because I know that I can speak for Bones and myself. That's one of the coolest things about the whole event. So let's talk about that a little bit. And my question is not about the inception of it. We, we know the story. It's a great story, but we love it. First of all, target score and turn the clock off with four minutes left. No more fouling at the end of games for those who are unfamiliar. But the Elam ending, do you see that being picked up by any league outside of TBT? Because I think it's a great idea. Well, it already has. Uh, there's a league in Canada, a professional league, called the CEBL, which is already using it um, in their games. Uh, you know, FIBA recognized the, the best league in Canada. And uh, the one J. Cole was just recently playing in the, the past couple <laughs> weeks as well. Uh, I, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, there are a lot of supporters in the NBA. Daryl Morey of the Sixers has already been very vocal about bringing the Elam ending in for at least overtime, you know, regular season NBA games. You know, they have that mid-season tournament that they're talking about, you know, bringing in over the next couple of years. I think the Elam ending is a perfect fit for that. Even look at, you know, NCAA events, the NIT, you know, things like that where you can boost it up. Even NBA Summer League, you know, I think you've seen how it works in our world. You've seen how it works in the NBA All-Star game and how it's improved that and it's made people care about the NBA All-Star game the past couple of years. I think it's, you know, whether it's five years, 10 years, hopefully it's not that long, but I think it's inevitable that this will continue to come to prominence in the basketball, professional basketball world. And uh, you'll see it being used more and more often at, at a higher and higher level. And you talk about the Elam ending being something that fans really love the TBT for, just TBT for, sorry. Um, what, why else do you think, what aspects of the tournament make it so lovable why if people attach themselves as obviously you also have the alumni thing people want to come and watch the players they used to watch but why else what are we not seeing jake well there's a million dollar prize attached to it too. so, that, so too. that always helps a little bit in terms of getting guys up for it and you know wanting to play for something uh but i think it it channels a couple different things one is the nostalgia aspect of fans and kind of you know guys whether they grew up watching them like they went to college with they got stories you know of them hanging out at bars or parties or you know classes with and you know kind of bringing some of that back but the games themselves the way we've structured them they're nine minute quarters obviously until you get to the elam ending uh they're fast paced you know it's ncaa rules but a hybrid to kind of introduce some other rules that are work really well like the fiba goaltending rule where you could smack balls off the rim we don't have a lot of stoppages. You know, it, it's not every game. I think on average, our games are typically an hour and 45 minutes. So they're short. They're very engaging. You know, you're not spending a day and a half watching these things. And the talent level is awesome. I mean, again, 73 NBA players that are playing in this, you know, a lot of recognizable names, guys playing at a really high level. And that single elimination style, especially when you have a prize that big attached to the end of it. I mean, you just get guys who are, are willing to give it their all, especially in the Elam ending where, you know, everything is up for grabs. You're not just kind of milking the clock, waiting for it to run out. You can always come back and it gives you an opportunity. Uh, you see guys, you know, willing to, to give it their all, dive it on the floor, blood, sweat, tears. And I, I think the combination of all of those things, plus playing in atmospheres like Syracuse, like Wichita, where you have some just electric arenas when they're, the home teams are playing there, uh, it's, it's just a recipe for success. And uh, we've been super fortunate to find this formula uh you know some of it is luck but some of it has obviously been you know us tailoring it over the years to try and perfect it and uh, i think we get closer and closer every year and 
of course, a lot of the alumni, like we talked about, are a huge reason for that. But not only college alumni, a lot of NBA alumni this season, 73, like you said before, that I assume is the most uh, the basketball tournament has ever had. How exciting is that? And which newcomer of NBA alum are you most excited to see? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think it's well, it says a lot. It, it says that, you know, word has gotten out amongst these guys that this is the place to be during the summertime. You want to play competitive summer basketball. TBT is, is the place to do it. Uh, I, I think so. It, seeing that growth over the years that more NBA guys continue to see TBT as something that is of value to them, you know, to their standards, uh, you know, says a lot about the product that we built. Uh, in terms of newcomer that I'm most excited to see, uh, as a Philadelphia native and a childhood Sixers fan, uh, Zaire Smith playing for the Texas Tech alumni team this year, I think is really neat. As a guy who's had some tough luck over the years, uh, he's working on a comeback, you know, I think coming off a knee injury now and is looking to use TBT uh, and playing on that new Texas Tech team as a platform for him uh, to try and get back, I think is super interesting. And, and we're happy to, to provide that platform and hopefully uh, he has some success with it and it leads to some professional ventures for him as well. Uh, Amari Spellman, you know, of Villanova fame uh, is a really cool name that's also going to be playing our event. I, I could go on and on, but I think, you know, obviously just having some local ties there, but some notable names there uh, is really interesting. A lot of former first round picks. This is Jimmer's second go around, but anytime Jimmer plays, it's always a show with him. Uh, our all time leading scorer in terms of points per game, just north of 30 uh, when he played in 2018. So it's a special group this year. Uh, that Syracuse regional is loaded as well. Uh, between the Syracuse team, the Buffalo team, that St. Bonaventure team, and like the aforementioned uh, Friday Beers team. Uh, a lot of good good names and a lot of good teams playing in there, as well as that NG Saints team with Rick Jackson and Scoop Chardine. Uh, obviously some familiar faces there. So uh, exciting watch for sure, you know, up and down the board, NBA guys and non-NBA guys. I know a lot of the Bayheims Army and the Syracuse fans want to meet Jackson and Jardine as well. All right, well, well, one other thing I want to touch up on here is the involvement with the fans and the tournament at this point. I think fan interaction in sports is at an all-time high. It's only going up. But the tournament, the bracket challenge here in 2022 with some prizes paid by Zell, I think this is awesome. And I, I would just love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about the bracket challenge for this year. Yeah, it's, it is like your normal bracket challenge in, in the sense that you're picking teams, you know, just like you would in the NCAA tournament, but there's a, a cash prize, you know, attached to the end of it. Uh, first place gets $4,000 and then it, it drops down from there. But uh, familiarize yourself with the teams, you know, go on our website, bracket.tournament.com, where you can fill it out, compete for some prizes. Uh, you can enter your own pool. So if there's Syracuse fans that want to kind of do their own pool among Syracuse fans, you can do that as well, although I have a feeling everyone's going to pick Syracuse to win, so it might be hard yeah. to Find some that, differentiators yeah. in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's always a lot of fun, a cool wrinkle in our event. Um, we have another bracket-related challenge that will be coming out in the next couple weeks here. So stay tuned to our, our social channels at the tournament on Twitter and the dot tournament on Instagram. Keep an eye on that. But uh, always trying to invoke some different opportunities for our fans to continue to get involved and to, to have other reasons to tune in, you know, obviously to support their team, but to, you know, maybe support some other teams as well as, uh, you know, you try and win some cash alongside them. Yeah, that's funny that you should even entertain the possibility at the end. Oh, you could also support some other teams. No, no. The Locked On Syracuse listener group, the league that we're going to start, it's going to be all Bayheim's Army. And you kind of called it. I'm promising it. So that's fine. But but go check out our Twitter if you're listening to this, at LO underscore Syracuse. That's our Twitter. We're going to have the instructions for you, how to hop in the league and make sure that uh, Bones doesn't win 
and I do. I'm trying to make sure that TBT is like my redemption for March Madness because I won my first year and I've never won since. And I'm convinced that I did something wrong in a different life. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> TBT is just as wild. So if you try and go with the high season TBT, you might be similarly disappointed if uh, that's how you typically structure your March Madness brackets. Well, you know, Jake, I'd be game for that if Bayheim's Army wasn't a one seed. Now you're just messing with my head. So watch it. <laughs> selectively. Selectively. They can be the one top seed you kind of ride. Sure, the rest, sure. uh, you know, feel free to blow it up. <laughs> Just to reiterate what Brad said for the listeners, go on our Twitter. We'll have all the details for the league that we create. Make sure you join the Lockdown Syracuse TBT Bracket Challenge. Uh, Jake, thanks so much. We really appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Uh, and get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. That's Locked On ACC. Brad and I will be back tomorrow with more. We'll see you then.